I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. I hope your guys' week has gone better than, um, you know, a lot of people right now, including people like Netflix, who lost a bunch of watchers because of the fact that, you know, they didn't want to subscribe with the raise in price and are now thinking of doing the dumbest thing I have ever heard, which is trying to crack down on people sharing passwords. That, at this point, should be the biggest blasphemy of that you could really do at this point in time, because that is what got everyone through COVID. And you have someone say to me how I am wrong in that. The person who watched many shows um, virtually with me through all of that is with me per the usual, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. Uh, yes, I would have to thank you personally because we have a... I've been watching Picard lately, Star Trek Picard. Um, I'm actually almost caught up to where they are now. as they and Season 2 is going on right now. And I'm pretty much caught up to it. And I don't normally... I did not have a Paramount Plus account prior to about, I don't know what, two or three weeks, a month ago or so. And then... Uh, Corey and Scotty so kindly shared their Paramount Plus password with me so I could watch um, Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery because um, I need to catch up on all these things. So that way, next year, when the new season of um, of, of uh, one of the Star Trek shows comes out, I don't even remember the name of it, but it's the one about the Enterprise, um, and Paul Wesley is playing Captain Kirk. <laughs> Corey and I can be very excited about watching Paul Wesley as Captain Kirk. I'm extraordinarily excited to see Paul Wesley as Captain Kirk. Yeah, it is um, there. So um, everyone knows Picard from the uh, from Generations. Um, that was the first Star Trek I ever watched. I used to watch it with my dad. Um, and then you go from that to um, the ones that they did now where, you know, Picard is back. That, uh, that man is a wonderful person to still be dealing with all of this and be in this business at the age that he is at. The main actor of that, and of course, I don't know why I can't think of his name at the moment. I say it all the time whenever I'm watching it because he amazes me in the fact that he is able to do what he does. Patrick Stewart. There we go. Mm -hmm. At 81 years old, the man is 81 and he is still in that show. And that's the thing is in, in Star Trek, the next generation, like when I say that I was watching those, you know, it was from 1987 to 1994. So I wasn't alive when, I guess towards the end, the very last episodes I was, but like, um, you know, 
I watched reruns of that so as a little kid, and then to see him being 81 now that I'm an adult and doing that, I'm just, the respect I have for him is insane, but that's a whole nother topic. But, so then they ended up doing Picard that stars him in his older age, and then they have, um, why can't I think of it now? Star Trek Discovery. Discovery. And that and that one um, starts with them in the current timeline that everyone knows. And then they jump to the future, um, like timeline-wise. And so you have a leftover there of people who were on the show that were like the Captain Kirk days. And they never really explore that in Discovery. So... and. Everyone liked it so much they decided to create a spinoff. So um, they're actually starting with the um, with the captain that is before Kirk, and then turning into Kirk after that, which is why he will be around for the second season. Um, but I'm really excited about it. It's it's one of those things where it's actually really funny. Everyone always kind of says, you know. They're either a Star Trek or a Star Wars fan. You know, they always have the two. My dad was a big Star Trek fan and my brother was a big Star Wars fan. So I know a little bit of both worlds. And uh, I also was a big Vampire Diaries Stefan fan. And so to have those worlds collide for me is going to be truly magical. <laughs> yeah, when when I first saw the casting announcement, I was like, I had to do like a quadruple take for a second before immediately sending it to you because I was like, wait, what? That can't be real. Wait a minute, Paul Wesley is Captain Kirk. This is like, this is perfect, perfect casting if I've ever seen it. Um, because for those of you that don't know, um, Paul Wesley on Vampire Diaries played Stefan, who's kind of broody for the most part on that show um which is why i think Corey liked stefan more than damon i like damon more because damon was more of a we always go back to this everyone gets on me there's a there's a certain level of broody there's a certain level i'll let you finish your, your thought and then i'm gonna ex- explain something here yeah so i was gonna say that um uh, uh, paul Wesley on that show played stefan who was a little bit more broody um I like Damon on the show because Damon was was a little bit more snarky, a little bit more he was a little bit more funny, um, and so I was more of a Damon fan. However, in real life, Paul Wesley is just as snarky as Damon's character was, and Paul Wesley's actually really funny in real life. And I feel like Captain Kirk, like he's very snarky. Like he's got that little bit of a attitude to him a little bit, right? Kind of that bad boy feeling. And which we saw a little bit of from Chris Pine and in the new version of Star Trek. Right. And I feel like Paul Wesley can bring all that to Captain Kirk, like, and, and pull it off perfectly. So I'm very excited to see him on Star Star Trek, strange new worlds. That is the name of the show, um, which the first season is premiering, here on May 5th and we won't be able to see Paul Wesley until season two. So we won't be able to see Paul Wesley until next year, but that's how excited we are because we're talking about a show a year ahead of time. 
Yeah, which, you know, it's it's going to be about Christopher Pike, who's uh, Captain Pike. He is kind of a father figure to Captain Kirk uh, later on, which you've seen basically in those movies. And I thought Chris Pine was amazing in those movies. I thought he was perfect for it. And let me preface something here. Everyone <laughs> in all of our friend group and my fiance love to always talk about the fact that I enjoy the broody characters. I do really enjoy broody characters. I won't deny that, but I have a very sarcastic, very dry sense of humor. Um, my fiance's dress, uh, like a sense of humor is much drier than mine is. Um, but so there, I like a nice sweet middle to be honest with you. And yes, Stefan was a lot more broody, but he did have a lot of really good, like, sarcastic moments in the later parts of it when he was just, like, pissed off and didn't care anymore. So I don't think people give him credit where he had his own, like, streak of being just very, like, a sarcastic asshole for a lot of episodes. That uh, see that's a that's a important clarification. Also, Corey and I big fans of Paul Wesley's and Ian Somerhalder's Bourbon um, Brothers Bond. Delicious, absolutely delicious. Um, we've talked about it on our show multitude of times. But anyway, that's why we're excited about that. How in the world did we even get on the Star Trek? We're nine minutes into the show. I completely forgot how we we ended up talking about Star Trek. We got on this because I I was hoping everyone's week was going better than Netflix's week because and future if they decide to cut out the uh, password sharing because that sounds like some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Apparently, we have learned that I have the memory of a goldfish tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because I completely forgot how we got onto this tangent. But yes, Corey gave me the Paramount Plus password so I could watch Star Trek. And uh, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. And, um, and, and I will say that um, I also have a Peacock subscription. I have an Apple TV plus subscription that I do not pay for HBO max too, I guess for that, for that matter um, for people who have given us the password to their streaming services Shout out, shout out to Cat's uh, dad, Alan, for hooking us up with the Apple TV Plus password because I was able to watch Severance over the last several weeks. And and Fantastic. my goodness, my goodness, what a show. What just Fantastic. stop listening to the show right now and go watch all the episodes of Severance. It's it's truly oh, probably oh. the best TV show I've seen in 2022 for sure. It's so good. It's absolutely fantastic and there's not much we can say about it because it's so it's so different and so interesting it's actually directed by ben stiller which is interesting too in its own right but yeah it's it's really interesting i believe it or not was actually kind of bored by it the first couple episodes and scotty was the one that was like yeah i keep watching this it's gonna get better and then the best episode came when I was at my bachelorette party, actually, um, I was at my bachelorette party and uh, Scotty was like, so, you know, you weren't that big into it. So I watched this episode. He told me what happened. And I was like, 
what the fuck? Why did you watch this without me? It was the most <laughs> interesting episode of them all. And of course he watched it. And ever since that episode, it just like took off. It got so interesting so fast. And once it ended, it once you get to the end, you're actually going to be pissed, like actually livid, but in a good way. You're going to be pissed because you want more. It, that's that's to me is the hallmark of a good TV show is that when you watch it and you get to the season finale, yes, it wraps up a story for the most part, which um, Severance, I don't think, really wrapped up very many storylines. It's just a continuation. It's like part one of a of a longer series of uh, uh, part one of a longer story. But yes. Get to this. You get to the finale. Get to the final scene, and we're not going to spoil anything here because it's it's pretty fresh. I think the, it just came out just a couple of weeks ago, um, and not a lot of people have seen it yet. It's starting to get word of mouth, and more people are starting to watch it. Shout out to to you and Scotty Corey for for uh, for telling me to watch it because it wasn't on my radar at all. And and then uh, you guys told me to watch it. I was like, all right, I'll watch it. I'll, I don't know if I'm going to like it. And then from the first episode, I was hooked. I was like. I need to see the. I need to see how this plays out, because it's. I was like, I have no idea where this is going, and I loved it. And yeah, I want more. I even texted you as soon as I watched. As soon as the ending dropped, and I was like, "What the fuck? I want more. I want to see more of this. I want season two to come out already." Now we have to wait an an entire year for season two to come out, probably around the same time next year. So, yes, that's our. That's my. That's Corey and I's present to you. Is to. Uh, tell you to go watch severance on apple tv plus because you won't regret it 100 you will not regret it go watch severance let us know what you think of it um on any of our socials uh if you hate it we don't want to hear it i'm just kidding <laughs> i do have a small thing to like to give virtue some shit here for a second though the one thing the whole reason why you guys say that i like broody characters and it was funny because this was brought up after the newest Batman, which makes me laugh because I actually like there was some parts of that movie that were so broody. I still make fun of them, uh, but is all because I loved the character of Oliver Queen because and everyone is like, because he's so broody. It's actually also he's also really just like a sarcastic asshole as well. So I think it's a little bit of a combination of the two, but you also really loved Arrow. I feel like I I carry that mantle. Everyone always puts it on me, but you loved the show as well. Yes, I did. I did. But it wasn't because of Broody Oliver that I liked it. I liked it because it was I liked all the characters on the show for everything that they brought to the table. Like it was Felicity, obviously, um, Diggle, obviously, the dynamic of the three of them. And I liked how it was very similar to Batman in that respect. Like, people made fun of Arrow because of that, because they felt like it was too close to Batman's story. I was like, it was very similar, yes. Like, so what? I don't care. It, this is, I like this version of the character. So, and it wasn't because it was, it was broody, it was because it was a. And Batman's the same way. Batman is a, is a kind of 
more in the shadows, darker character by nature. And I've always enjoyed that about Batman. That was, it's always what has kind of made him more psychologically interesting to me than some of the other superheroes. And I think in a way, Green Arrow is the same way where it, the psychology of Oliver Queen fascinates me more so than anything else. And his actual like broody nature, like you have failed the city nature. Yeah, I think I, I enjoy a, a very well-rounded character in the fact that they're, they are both broody and sarcastic. They have to have kind of a broodiness and a cockiness to them to be entertaining on both ends. The, the broodiness of them gives them like the, the darkness, the mystery, the interestingness. And then the cockiness, the, the sarcasticness gives them the humor aspect. So they're not just depressing. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't make matters any better or better worse. Maybe it added to it. Um, especially in the first three and a half seasons of the show, every time Oliver would show up and do the salmon ladder, which just kind of went away in the last back half of the show. Yeah, probably because he just didn't want to work out like every single day and be on set every single day because you can't have that many shirtless scenes. But that was that was the uh, epitome of the CW at that time it was coming towards the end of that um what i grew up on was smallville and i loved smallville and even on that one speaking of paul wesley there is a scene where he is um uh lex luther's brother and he is very much shirtless doing pull-ups as lex luther walks into the room it is like the epitome of the cw in those times and when the show started in 2012 for arrow um it was coming towards the end of it so i think that was a part of it too is it they started kind of getting in tune with the times and not always constantly having to have him shirtless um but that was that was their thing for quite a while yeah it was wasn't it it's pretty much spawned an entire universe of shows that are still going on to this day um including the flash which is still airing and i don't cory and i i don't both cory and i aren't watching the flash anymore um because cory and i both i think we both agree that like once arrow ended like it just we yeah, just kind of lost yeah our interest just wasn't as there anymore it kind of just very quickly faded <laughs> Yes, and the only thing that brought me back to The Flash is because Mia showed up again. And then I, I watched that episode, that like part, first couple of episodes in the, of The Flash, and I was like, all right, cool, that was cool. And then I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the final episode of the show. <laughs> See, I just like looked at stuff like online and watched, you know, clips and stuff of her being in it. And I get I get lazy that way now. It's like um, it, I don't watch Legacies, which is the the newest version of the, you know Vampire Diaries and the originals. Then they did Legacies. I don't watch Legacies. It's the the, the kids of all of them, right? Um, the the original vampires that were like in Vampire Diaries and the originals all came back. The ones that are still alive, at least, came back together um, 
to be there for one of their daughters um, and do a funeral of like the main guy, Klaus. And uh, in that, I did not watch the episode. I just watched a YouTube clip that someone put up about it, summarizing all of it and took the clips together. I've gotten that lazy about it as a, um, as a TikTok, um, you know, Instagram real society. I, my patience has waned to actually like go and watch a full episode of something. If I know that there's only certain bits and pieces of it that I want to watch. Ain't that, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth right there? I don't think you, I don't think true words have ever been spoken. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm the same way too. A lot of times where I'll just like kind of just see some clips and that's about all I need to see type of thing. Richie, why don't you tell the people why you were so irritated the other day um, online? I've, I've been this way as well. And I've texted you the irritated text. So when I got yours, I, uh, I laughed a little bit knowing exactly how you feel. Well, there was, there was multiple occasions this week where hockey Twitter was just like in one and bored. And so they had to find the next best thing to pick on. One of which was something that we talked about on this show, like two weeks ago. So it was not breaking news to us. Um, but the Canadian trolls finally found the screenshot of Ticket prices for next year when the Coyotes move into ASU's new arena. And I made the mistake of going through and reading some of the replies to this tweet and the quote tweet and seeing multiple different high-profile media outlets tweet out the same screenshot, taking pod shots of the Coyotes. And I texted you about it, and I was like, I was so mad. And I was like, you, I was like, nobody who was tweeting had any idea what was actually going on. Every single tweet that I saw was just, just had zero grasp of the facts. Every single one of them was dead wrong. They had no idea what they were talking about. And I made the point, and I think this is completely valid, that apparently there's nothing interesting going on in the NHL right now because on the ice or any storylines on the ice. Because if there were, they'd be talking about that instead of talking about ticket prices. For in an arena, that's going to sell out every single night next year. Okay? And I don't think people understand that. Now, if they don't sell out every night next year, 5,000 seats, then that's a problem. I will agree with you on that. But they should be they should sell out every single game next year when you count in the location, when you count in the amount of season ticket holders, when you account in people coming from out of state who want to go to games. Right now, the Coyotes are averaging over 11,000 people per game in a season where they are 31st in the NHL right now. Are you telling me that they can't fit 5,000 people? In fact, less than that into ASU on a nightly basis? That's bullcrap. And everybody's like, oh, it's going to be so embarrassing. Nobody's going to go to games. It's like, fuck you. Fuck you for not understanding a damn thing about this team, this city, and the entire situation. It got me so angry. I was very mad about it. And um, and I was like, dude, NHL, figure your shit out. Come up with better storylines. Because and I was talking to somebody about this this week. Or I was like, I've watched more Premier League soccer. I've watched more NBA playoffs than I have NHL this season. And it's not even close. Not even close. And that's a problem for the NHL. 
And I am gladly going to admit, admit this on this show in which we talk about the Coyotes on, an, on a weekly basis. Like, I'm just not into the NHL right now. I don't know why. I'm going to be watching more NBA playoffs than I am Stanley Cup playoffs. Hands down. There's more storylines in the NBA. The the games are better. The rivalries are more interesting. Like, it's just, it's just better all around. And, oh, there's less bitchiness on fucking Twitter about... Every single little thing. There's something else that happened this week that was really stupid on it, on hockey Twitter. It's like, I'm not even going to get on the, under this show because I can keep going on this. It's just like, it's exhausting to be on hockey Twitter anymore. It really, really is because all it is is people complaining. And that's it. Just complaining, complaining, complaining instead of actually like talking about, about anything worth substance. Yeah, it's turned to an uh, entire like cesspool of just bitching and whining most of the time it's it's just a place for them to sit and just complain and you have to wonder what's going on in a lot of people's lives for them to be spending this much time just sitting there bitching and complaining especially about the coyotes and something that you know for some of these people you don't even live in the same country but you want to sit and focus on what's going on in Arizona. It's just so baffling to me. I also really don't understand if why people don't understand how supply and demand works and the fact that, you know, when there is less seats, they will be more expensive. You know, that it just how it is. If you have if someone makes only 200 sneakers and they're selling those 200 sneakers yeah they're gonna sell them for a fuck ton of money why are they gonna sell them for a fuck ton of money because there's only two of 200 of them that have ever been made that's just how it works and so the people the fact that people are surprised and astonished by this is like it's either you're dumb or you're having to manufacture anger and the other part of it is it's very contradicting to what they were previously saying. So everyone was going off on Twitter, you know, and in conversations about how, you know, how it's going to affect the league as a whole, because the team won't be making as much money and um, how, you know, basically this team doesn't make money as it is. And how are they going to make any money? But then when they show you how they're going to make money, then you have a problem with the way, that they are going to make money by making their ticket prices higher. I I don't think this is rocket science by any means. Richie and I have been saying this for a long fucking time now. Since we heard that this is going to be their solution, we said, that's fine. What they're going to do is have less seats, higher prices, be able to make up for it by you know, selling those for a higher price. And guess what? It'll feel exclusive. It'll be near Scottsdale where they love exclusivity. That's its, that's its entire appeal. Um, and you have a lot of people with a lot of money that don't know what to do with it. That would love to go to a Coyotes game. There's people that are talking about that. Um, the fact that, oh, well, um, they're trying to compare certain seats to when, you know, they were in Gila River Arena. Um, it is, there is no such thing as a bad seat in that arena because of the fact 
that they are all really close up seats. So yeah, in a lot of other arenas around the country, you're going to have more expensive tickets when you have, you know, glass seats or second or third or fourth row back. That's essentially how it's going to be in there. And then they're also still saving some for, um, they're still saving some for uh, students and which we had, I was also laughing about because if anyone recalls from one of our previous episodes, we all talked about how a curtain of distraction would be amazing um, to be having at these games. It would be so much fun to watch the curtain of distraction during a shootout for sure. Like it would be so much fun. And we had talked about how great that would be and how much ASU students would be showing up there. It just kind of shows to me a a lack of, of research, a lack of knowledge And I think there's a lot of lack of caring to have any knowledge on it. You know, there's a people, it's not like we're the only podcast around. We're not the only news source when it comes to the Coyotes either. People could have listened to our podcast, listened to the other podcast, read any article that that has been made, follow anything that Craig Morgan ever does, and know that this stuff... And people were even referencing on Twitter an article that Craig Morgan had that we had referenced actually on our show um, having a direct interview uh, talking about these things and answering questions that they were bringing up. So I just don't understand the level of pissiness that can come out of people that claim to know so much but know so little. Yeah, it's it's that was what was so just mind-boggling to me, and I am very excited to come next season and prove every single one of them wrong. It's going to be terrific, and I'm sure you know what they're going to do, Corey. This is I can almost guarantee they're going to do this. They're going what they're going to do is they're going to find some screenshots of like 25 minutes before the game and puck drop. And, and they're going to be, oh, look at the empty stands. Nobody showed up. And they're going to try and, like, circle that around. And they're going to cause a stir that way. Like, I know it's coming. And I know it's going to trigger me. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's going to trigger every single other Coyotes fan. But um, at this point, I feel like we should be used to it. But it's, it's just, uh, man, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to be on hockey Twitter. It really is. <laughs> It's also, like, and that's, it was always dumb when it happened um, at Gila River Arena, too, whenever they go, oh, look how empty this arena is. A lot of times the pictures they were taking, and you know this just as well as I know this, when you are up top where the press area is, you're up there early, and you take pictures very early before the game starts. So when you're taking a picture going, oh, look at the new board, right? It's not during a game. It's very early, sometimes before hardly any fans are even in the arena itself. And if they are there, they're often very much walking around the concourse, getting their drinks and their food and whatever else. So that they were always taking pictures that that wasn't the point of the picture. The crowd was not the point. It was, you know, when they got a new screen or... Um, a new player was in the ring of honor or something like that. And they would choose to circulate those photos. And that also just never made sense to me, but 
putting it out of context to fit their agenda always seemed to work. So, you know, why not go with something that worked for them? Yeah, exactly. 100%. Uh, We got one more thing to talk about here before we get out of here. But before we do that, Corey, we, of course, had to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, everybody. DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to place to place my bets on the NBA playoffs, on the Coyotes, on the NHL, on whatever you want to bet on, on the Premier League. If you want to bet on that, you can bet on that too. All thanks to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you're not already a member of DraftKings Sportsbook, you can sign up right now and you can use the promo code THPN and you can bet $1 on any NHL team. And if they win, you get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See the show notes for the details. And um, Corey, I just want to throw this out there. If uh, if you are on the DraftKings and you want to win some money, you should just ask me because I have been rolling lately. I'm on a, I, I am on an absolute heater. Over the last month plus, I'm up like $200 in the last month. I've been crushing it. Uh, I made some money on the Suns game, even though they got their shit kicked in on Sunday night. Made some money on that. So we're just, it's everything's coming up Richie on the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. So if you need some betting advice, go in and ask me because I'm rolling right now. I don't know what it is, what got into you and Scotty. Maybe it's like, residual luck after the cat rainbow shirt (laughs) rolling through but you guys have been killing it sports betting wise lately i like it i like it for both of us i've been crushing it uh mostly betting nba stuff uh which is kind of wild made a little bit of cake on the coyotes uh over the last little bit too uh, and then a little bit on the EPL. That's those are my those are my go tos, and so far so good. It's uh, working out really well. DraftKings has a lot of uh, like odds boosts and um, and specials, and they've been doing this thing every day of the NBA playoffs where you can get a uh, money back same game parlay up to ten bucks, which is great. I took advantage of that a couple times already this playoff season. So you can do all that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, and, uh, and win some money, just like me and apparently just like Scotty, because we've been crushing it lately. Um, but before we go, Corey, we want to do the Tankathon simulation. Uh, bad news for the Coyotes. They are no longer the worst team in the NHL. Um, that is, the Montreal Canadiens have the worst record in the NHL right now. Uh, 51 points apiece. Uh, the Canadiens have a lower points per game percentage. Because they played one extra one extra game than the Coyotes. Uh, unfortunately, the Coyotes went to two different overtimes in the last week against the Blackhawks and against somewhat very shockingly, in fact, after being down four to one against the St. Louis Blues. So it's 51-51 between Montreal and Arizona, and uh, the Coyotes have the tiebreaker because the Coyotes have more regulation and overtime wins than the Canadians. So the Canadians right now have the highest percentage of odds to get that number one overall draft pick, which we found out this past week that the NHL draft lottery is going to be taking place on, I believe, May the 10th. 
May the 10th. So mark your calendars, Sporting Nation. That's going to be the NHL draft lottery for this coming season. But before we do that, get there, we got to do our draft lottery simulator. We've had bad luck doing this all season long. Um, in fact, I believe the only t- we've only gotten the number one overall pick twice, and I think we've done this probably a dozen times by now. Um, shout out to the uh, guys from the Ducks podcast. They did their version of the draft lottery simulator. When they did it, the Coyotes actually did get the number one overall pick in that simulation. So here we go. Coyotes we like sitting- even more now. Yes, exactly. Again, the Coyotes are sitting – 31st overall in the standings right now. So their odds are 13.5% and landing the number one overall pick in the draft lottery. Here we go. Simming the lottery now. And every fucking time, I swear, like get the bad luck, the bad juju out now, I guess, because Corey, this is, this is how the shit you not. This is how our fucking lottery wound up. Um, Number one overall. The Anaheim Ducks. That's hilarious, considering the fact of what you just said before that. Yep. Who moved up nine spots with just a 3.5% odds. That is just obscene. Yes. Uh, Number two, the Montreal Canadiens. Get the number two pick. And then the number three pick in this simulation goes to the New York Islanders. Who move up 10 spots to number three. Oh my gosh. So talk about the Coyotes getting fucked. This is their worst case scenario. Because um, I believe this is the lowest they can pick. As far as is, uh, is, is, is. Actually the lowest they can pick is fifth. I'm sorry. They can have three teams jump over them. Um, in the standings if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully this isn't the case ladies and gentlemen. And the Coyotes aren't picking fourth. Come the actual draft lottery. Can you imagine if that happened? Like, I think I would just quit hockey at that point. If the Coyotes ended up picking fourth or fifth in this year's draft, I'd be so mad. However, there is this train of thought, and I brought this up on Twitter the other day because Connor Bedard has over 100 points as a 16-year-old in the in the WHL this year. He's the projected 2023 first overall pick. And I was like, oh, who do you want? Do you want Shane Wright? Do you want Connor Bedard? The over, I feel like most people would say Connor Bedard in that situation because he's just better than anybody else at such a young age. So maybe it's a, a blessing in disguise that the Coyotes do not get the number one overall pick this year and they save their luck for next year so they can get that number one overall pick and get Connor Bedard next year. I'm just talking myself into like explaining this away and not being disappointed. I, I mean, it, I still wouldn't want a fourth or a fifth, though. Would still want to be like a second or a third. It, I will say one of the most uh, nerve-wracking things ever is watching watching the like little tiles get flipped. I think every time, I'm just like, why does it have to be this dramatic and this suspenseful? Because every time it's a bunch of suspense for disappointment. It would be one thing if one time it was suspense for excitement. But it never is. And we should expect it. But I feel like we always never lose hope. And so it just makes it more sad. But I like the fact that you're trying to explain it away at this point. And, you know, that I wouldn't mind that. 
a nice second or third, and then next year get a first. I'm okay with that. As long as it actually happens that way. <laughs> uh, I just did it again. Third. I'll uh, do it again. Third. Do it again. Third. One more time. First! Yes! Yes! It took us five times, everybody, but we did it. Lucky number five. Lucky number five. I think that's the way we should end the show, is we should end it on a good note. And it only took us five times to get the Coyotes the number one overall pick. Now we just have to do have them do it five times. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that's how it works. But who knows? Maybe we'll just have the hotline to Gary Bettman to rig the lottery this year. Because uh, it's it's rigged. We know this from a couple years ago. Remember when the Rangers got the number one overall pick and the guy like fucked up the dropping of the ball into the thing? I was like, oh, like this was. I think this was during the COVID season, right? When they did the thing and they actually had the balls dropping in. They gave everybody the same amount of draft odds, and like they went and they dropped the balls in there, and and they the guy accidentally dropped the New York ball before he was supposed to. Fucking rigged. So this is. I'm sure the conspiracy theories abound, I'm sure, coming up this year. The conspiracy theories have begun already. I'm sure it's just... Uh, the the thing I can't wait for, too, is, like, say the Coyotes actually do get the number one overall pick. Like, it instead of excitement, Twitter will just be people completely trying to troll the team and talking about... How, you know, I'm sure, I hope this player loves playing in an arena that has only 5,000 seats. You know, that fun thing. So, in all reality, we truly can't ever win. Nope, and yeah, I think that I've already, I've already, the tweets have already started about that because I've already seen one or two tweets about this, which is like, oh, the Shane Wright and Connor Bedard are, are going to pull Eric Lindros and they're not going to want to play in Arizona. Yeah, I I would like to say that they are incredibly predictable, but it's not even fun to call them predictable anymore. It's just become boring. It'd also be incredibly stupid if they said that too, because um, then they wouldn't be signing a multi-million dollar contract at 18 years old, and they're going to be stuck in limbo playing nowhere for three years while they wait for their draft rights to expire. And uh, it's going to go nowhere quick because if you're the Coyotes, there's no way in hell you're trading a player of that caliber, in my opinion, at least. But anyway, we digress. We'll get to that because we're never going to discuss this again because it's not going to happen, everybody. Uh, do you have anything else to say before we go? Also, why wouldn't they want to live in Arizona? Just saying. Amen. Good night good hockey, everybody.